Today I went back to the place where I used to go. Today I saw the same old crowd I knew before. When they asked me what had happened, I tried to tell them. Thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. While the tears ran down my face, I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. And then we went back to the house where we used to live. My little girl ran and hid behind the door. I said, now honey, you don't have to worry. You got a new daddy now And thanks to Calvary We don't live here anymore Thanks to Calvary I'm not the dad I used to be Thanks to Calvary Things are different than before While the tears ran down my face I tried to tell her Thanks to Calvary We don't live here anymore Thanks to Calvary We don't live here anymore Second Chronicles chapter 20 Second Chronicles chapter 20 Aren't you thankful for Calvary today? Aren't you thankful that it's changed us? It's formed us. It's remolded us. It's remolded our families. I'm glad that Calvary can take an old daddy and clean him up and make him brand new. I'm glad that Calvary can take a mama, clean her up, make her brand new. I'm glad that God can take anybody. And I'm glad that we're not too far gone. And I'm glad it's not too late that if you're here today and you've never been to Calvary, you can get there right now. And you can let Calvary change you. Calvary didn't just save me. Calvary changed me. And that's one thing I learned about Calvary. You come away saved, but you also come away changed. And nobody can go to Calvary without being changed. 
What a place. What a power. Y'all glad to be here today? It is good to be among God's people. What a sweet, sweet spirit that's in this place today. And I want to say Happy Father's Day. I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in here. And I hope and pray that God gives you a wonderful day. God bless me with a wonderful father. He's honoring his all get out. Jim, you know what I'm talking about. But you know what? God has blessed us beyond measure. And like Miss Barbara said, God gave me a daddy to tell me that Jesus saves. And he is, I want to ask you to remember him. We are leaving today and we're going to our national meeting. We're meeting out in Florida. It'll be 1,500, 2,000 people in our association. And my dad was chosen last year to be the speaker for this year. And he's going to preach Tuesday evening. I ask you to remember him in your prayers. I asked him, I said, Dad, what you preaching? He said, I'm preaching Jesus and him crucified. And that's what he is preaching. So y'all remember him this week. And remember all of us as we go and we take care of our mission works and all the literature and all those things. But let's stand with me for the Word of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 1. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, with them the... The other side, excuse me, them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Are not thou our God who didst drive out of the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave us it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we shall stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. Boy, that makes a difference, doesn't it? For thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom was not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out to give thy possession of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. So here's this king Jehoshaphat and Moab and all the enemy is around them. And he said, we're surrounded. Now notice what he said. Neither know we what to do. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon Thee. Dear Heavenly Father, as I come to You today, I ask Your blessing upon this Word. And Lord, I need Your help this morning. I need power from on high. I need Your strength. I need Your unction that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need help. 
I don't want to be heard today. I want you to be heard. Lord, we need to see you. Lord, there are so many times like this king that the enemy surrounds us. And we get to the place that we just don't know what to do. But Lord, help us to do what this king did and just look up. Lord, may we look up to you. May we look to you for strength. May we look to you for guidance. Lord, so many times in our life we don't know what to do. But God, you always know what to do. May we fall on our face before you. May we seek you for strength and guidance and leadership. Thank you for being so faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, and it's in the form of a question. The question is simply this, what do I do? What do I do? Have you ever been in a situation or a place in your life individually that you've gone through a circumstance or you've gone through a trial or maybe you've had a job offer. Maybe uh, something has come up and you've got to make a decision. Have you ever said this statement, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I believe as God's people, we're there quite often. If we're going to do things God's way, a lot of times we get to the place spiritually in our minds and in our hearts that we don't know what to do. There are times with my three children raising them, it's something new every day, isn't it? There's always something going on and there's always a decision to make. And so many times we're scared to death to admit the fact that we don't know what to do. Listen to me today. It's okay to tell God, I don't know what to do. May I tell you, it would do us well to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. There's times in my ministry and I try as pastor to look all big and formal and act like I got it all together. And man, it would be great that I always have the answers. But child of God, I don't always have the answers. I don't always know what to do. And there's times in my ministry that I get to the place, God, I don't know what to do. I'll tell you when people come to me and they say, Preacher, we don't know what to do. What do we do? And I say, I don't know. (laughs) What do we do? What do we do when we get to the place that we don't know what to do? What do we do when we get to that place that we just don't know the answers? We don't know how we're going to get out of this. We don't know how we're going to move forward. What do you do when you don't know what to do? As we look in the Scripture, we find many illustrations of God's people that have been in the place over and over again in their life that they got in positions that, quite frankly, they just didn't know what to do. Could you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being threatened with this fiery furnace? Man, what do you do? What do you do when Daniel is threatened to be cast into the lion's den? What do you do when that lion comes down in that den? What do you do? What do you do when you're in the ship and the storm is raging and the waves is tossing you and just beating you to death? What do you do? What do you do when your brother's gone and dead four days? What do you do? What do you do? And there's a thing throughout Scripture where God's people always did the same thing. And it helped them. May I tell you, it'll help us if we do what they did. And there's a lot of times in our life that we want to have the answers. May I tell you this, it's okay not to have the answer. It's okay to say, I don't know. Men, I know it's hard. Because we're the men of our family. But it's okay to say, I don't know. And child of God, we must tell God sometimes, God, I don't know what to do. 
but we know you know what to do. May I tell you, you may not know what to do, but there's a God in heaven that knows. You may not know the answer, but there's a God in heaven who knows. God knows everything. God knows it all. He controls it all. He's watching over all. When you're asleep, He's awake. (laughs) When you're down and you're low, He's up and high and exalted and lifted up. When you're down at the bottom, He's always sitting on high. You don't know what to do, but He knows what to do. He knows what to do. And think about this king. Here's this, th- here's this king, the leader of this nation, and the enemy has surrounded them, and this leader is supposed to have the answers. This leader is supposed to have it all together. You know politicians, they got to answer even when they're lying to you and they don't know the answer. They'll just make up something. But this, oh, I got amens out of that one. Y'all know how politicians are. And sometimes we just say stuff just to have an answer. But notice what this king said. Neither know we what to do. We need to be in that place spiritually. God, I don't know what to do. So what do we do when we don't know what to do? Number one, keep looking at Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus. Notice what He said in verse 12. But our eyes are upon Thee. Child of God, when you don't know what to do, may I tell you this, keep Looking at Jesus. The Scripture said for us in Hebrews to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Child of God, you need to get your eyes set on Jesus. You may not have the answers, but He does. And if He has the answers, you'll never get them if you don't look at Him. If you don't get focused on Jesus, if you don't get your hope set on Him, if you don't get all of your faith surrounded upon the object and the person of Jesus Christ, you're going to struggle. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You get your eyes set on Jesus. You get to the One who has the answers. You may ask the question, well, why do I look at Jesus? Because Jesus has the answers. Jesus has every answer, so I must look to the One who's got the answers. How many times when we have questions we call a loved one? How many times when we don't know what to do that we reach out to our friends and we reach out to this one or we reach out to that one and that has its place and that's all good. But number one, we need to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. It would do us well to get fixated upon the person of Christ. Because while we're down and while we're low, may I tell you, He's at the right hand of the Father. He's got the ultimate authority. Are you all awake this morning? Jesus has got the ultimate authority. He is on high. He knows it all. He controls it all. So we must put our eyes on the One who's in control. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Child of God, I know so many times, and you're probably thinking, preacher, this is simple, this is basic, but I'm telling you, it's the simple stuff that hurts us sometimes. Child of God, you keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And there's times in the ministry that I think, what do we do? What do I do? And I'll tell you what always works is staying fixated upon the person of Christ. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He started this. He's the starting line. And bless God, He's the finish line. And as God's people in the race that we're running, we got to lay aside and set aside these things that does beset us, and we got to get focused on Him. It's not about what the preacher wants. It's about what Jesus wants. 
It's not about what the family wants, but it's about what Jesus wants. And when you get fixated on Christ, it will be about Him. If you want the answers, you get it about Him. You get fixated on Him. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You keep looking at Jesus. Number two, look in verse 15. Notice verse 15. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Notice this one. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Number two, give the battle back to the Lord. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You let the Lord fight your battle. This battle belongs unto God. This war that we're in, this battle that we're in, we didn't have it before we got saved. But the minute that you got saved, you entered into this war. And you have this war between the flesh and the spirit. And may I tell you, the war's tough. The battle is long and the battle's tough, but the battle is not yours. Understand this. We think all the time, well, poor me. Look at what I'm going through. Poor me. I don't know. And we feel like the victim. Let me tell you something. It's not about us the minute we gave our hearts to Jesus. It became about Him. This battle is not about you. It's about Him. And the very moment that you put your faith and trust in Him, you say, God, I'm yours. And the battles that you're going through, most of the time, is because you're a child of God. And these things that you're going through is not, is not focused on you. It's about focusing on getting you away from Jesus. It's focusing on tearing the testimony of Christ up. Let me tell you something. This battle is not about you. And it would do us well sometimes to get to the place where it's not about me. And I'm going to be honest. If you're going to serve the Lord, and you get in that place that it's about me, you're going to keep your feelings hurt. (laughs) And you're going to stay upset. And I've learned a long time ago, when it comes to serving God, it cannot be about me anymore. It's got to be about Him. And every battle, and I've had people come, and I thought, man, they're attacking me. They're They're not attacking me. They're attacking the Lord if I'm doing what God's called me to do. They're attacking the Lord. And the Bible says that the battle belongs unto God. Well, if it belongs unto Him, then give Him the battle. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You say, God, I can't fight no more. Here you go. You take it. You fight it for me. It would do us well today to get out of God's way and say, God, here it is. I'm going to give it to you. This is simple. This is elementary. But people, when you don't know what to do, fall on your face and give it to God. I know this is simple. I know kindergartners are supposed to know this. But as a 33-year-old preacher, I forget it every day. When things come my way, I want to grab the bull by the horns and take it. And I got this, God. I don't need this. I don't have to because it's not my battle. It's His. It's His. Give the battle back to the Lord. Notice verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Wait a minute, this battle's about me. No, it's not. It's about the Lord. Notice what he said. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. This is my toughest one. Number three, stand still and watch. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You look to Jesus, you give the battle back to the Lord, and you stand still and watch. You stand still and you watch God work. That's hard. Is that hard for y'all? 
It's hard for me. Well, God, I got this figured out. <laughs> and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to, I'm going to work at this angle, and, I, and I've got my agenda, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. God said, this is not your battle. I've got this. You stand still. May I tell you, standing still is my downfall. Standing still is the greatest sin that I commit unto the Lord on a daily basis. Because I want to get up and I want to try to do His job for Him. He doesn't need me to do His job. He's God. He's earned that position. (laughs) Amen? He deserves to be in that position. He does not need your help. He does not need my help. So what do we do? We stand still. So you're telling me, preacher, not to do nothing? That's right. You give the battle back to God, number one. You get your eyes fixated on Christ. And when you give it to the Lord, you stand still and you watch. Y'all listening? Stand still and watch because something's fixing to happen. And when you put it in the hands of the Almighty, mighty things are about to happen. When you put things in, in the control of God, God's fixing, to, God's fixing to do something. And I love that old hymn, Miss Barbara, where it says, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. And there's a whole lot of time that I got my back against a wall like this king did, but I just stop, I put it in God's hand. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here, but I know God's going to get me out. I know something's coming. He's going to do something that's going to blow my mind. Because God can do that kind of stuff. Notice what He said. Watch. Look at the salvation of the Lord. If you don't stop and stand still, you'll never get to see His power. If you don't stop and and give it to God, you'll never get to see Him work. Do you realize how many times we rob ourselves of the power of God? We could see the Almighty at work if we just stop and say, God, here it is. We could see Him work on a daily basis. He doesn't just work to save souls. Hello? He's working in our life every day. Every day we get to see Him at work. If we'd sit back and watch Him and let Him be God. He don't need me to be God. He's God. The one true holy living God. He's bought us. He's redeemed us. He's forgiven us, bless God. He's given all for us. Let me tell you something. I love Connor Allen. And I, and I love y'all, but I don't love y'all enough to give you Connor Allen. But God loved me enough to give me Jesus. I'll tell you what, I need to get out of His way. <laughs> and I just need to say, okay, I'm going to submit to you, Lord. And I'm going to stand here and I'm going to watch the salvation of the Lord. Isn't it fun to watch God work? Church, these times that we're going to get in a place that we don't know what to do. Put it in the Lord's hands. God's not finished. God is not finished. I want more than two people to amen that. God is not finished. When you think the end of the road is there, you remember this. God is not finished. You may have given up. You may be done, but God's not done. You remember this. I told this Brother Jeff this morning. Brother Don McCormick told me in seminary. I went to him and I said, Oh, Brother Don, my church this and church that and church. Oh, I'm upset. He said, Son, quit crying, you big baby. He said, That's the Lord's church. 
He said, it was there when you got there and it'll be there when you leave. He said, he said, the gates of hell can't prevail against that church. That's the Lord's church. Isn't that an awesome promise? Isn't that great to know that His power is here? His power is among us. And when nothing else can work as God's people, we need to stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. Notice verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You pray and you praise the Lord. Notice what they did in verse 18. They bowed their head to the face. They put their face on the ground and they bowed to their Father that was in heaven. And they began to pray. Let me tell you something. Prayer works. I know this is elementary. I know we knew this as six-year-olds. But may I tell you that it works to pray your way through things. When you don't know what to do, you fall flat on your face and you pray to the Lord. Prayer works. God's people, prayer works. We don't need to stop praying. Well, things are going bad, so I can't go to church and I can't pray anymore. And I can't. You're supposed to pray more. When you're in the battle, you pray to God more. You praise more. You sing to the Lord more. You worship more. You pray your way through this thing. I tell you what, we give up on things too easy. We just get in things and say, well, I prayed one time and it didn't happen, so I'm going to, qu- I'm going to quit. Listen, we need to pray our way through this. We need to fall on our face and ask God to help us and give us strength. Notice what they said in verse 19. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites, as of the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. I love this. I, I, I love praising the Lord. Because i got a reason to praise Him. Man, that, that David, he loved to praise the Lord. I tell you, I don't think we would let David in most of our churches. Most people would consider him a lunatic and a charismatic and a holy roller. But he loved to praise the Lord. And here's this nation that's got nations all around them. And man, they're fixing to get defeated. And the enemy's sitting out there hungry, fixing to go in. And they're fixing to devour them. And all of a sudden, these people start singing. And all of a sudden, these people start shouting and they begin to praise. You know what they thought. They don't, they're, they're drunk. <laughs> Aren't you glad when you get drunk on the Holy Spirit of God? Aren't you glad when you're so full of God that when you don't know what to do, you seek Him and you, and you just give it to Him and He gives you that song in the midst of the battle. Them old, uh, Paul and, uh, Silas got in that jail. They just sang their way all the way through it. I imagine them other people in jail thought, what are them idiots doing? That's crazy. It's never crazy to praise the Lord. It's never crazy to give Him credit. Cause let me tell you something. You may be down and you may be in a pity party and, oh, preacher, I got it bad. But I promise you, if you make a list of the bad things and the list of the good things, your list of the good things will quadruple the list of the bad things. God has been good. And we've got all the reason in the world to praise His name. Even in the valleys, even in the dark times, praise the name of the Lord. Notice verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth... Excuse me, went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, 
and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now listen, this is the last one. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe as prophets. So shall ye prosper. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You believe in God. You say, preacher, elementary again. I know. Child of God, you believe in God. You believe in every promise that He's made you. You believe in everything He's ever told you. Do you believe Him today? You believe Him today? It's easy to believe Him in the good times, but what about in the bad times? God's with us. He'll never forsake us. Do you believe that? His power is greater than all the power in the world. Do you believe that? Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Do you believe that today? There's a place called heaven. Y'all believe that? The rapture's coming. Y'all believe that? Glory land is just in sight. Y'all believe that? That's the promises that we hold on to. And I know the battle and the enemies around us. But what do you do when you don't know what to do? You believe in the promises of God. And you believe in everything God ever told you to be true. I tell you, you can't believe what everybody tells you, but you can believe what God says. And notice what He said. I love this. So shall ye be established. Oh, what a foundation we have. To stand on the promises of God. You want an establishment? You want a foundation? There's no greater foundation than right here in thus saith the Lord. This is a foundation. What do we do when we get our backs against the wall? And we don't know what to do anymore. We believe in God. We believe in every promise. We believe everything He ever said. We believe in everything He ever did and going to do. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff that God's still going to do. I believe in what He did yesterday, and I believe in what He's going to do today, and what He's going to do tomorrow. Believe Him. Trust in Him. Put faith in Him. Again, elementary, simple. But boy, don't we fail at it every day. Every day. We get there, the back's against the wall. Lord, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Look up. Look up. Look at Jesus. Focus on Him. (laughs) Give the battle to Him. Give the battle to the Lord. It's His. And you stand still. Be still and know that I'm God. (laughs) Be still. Get out of His way and let Him be God. Oh man, stand still and see and watch the salvation of the Lord. God's a saving God. And if you're lost in your sin today and you've never been saved, He'll save you from your sin. But you've got to come to Him in repentance. And you've got to say, God, I need You. I can't save myself, but You can save me for me. And just put it all on Him. And you sit back and you watch Him save. You let Him be God of your life. Child of God, He saved us from sin. He saved us from that penalty of sin. And He'll save you from every situation. I forget how many times in the book of Psalms that David cried, Oh God, save me. Oh God, deliver me. He was already saved. But it was all the battles. Oh God, deliver. Oh God, save. I only got saved one time. Amen? But He saves me every day from the trials of life, from the temptation of the devil. What a mighty God we serve. Believe in Him. Believe in Him. We talked on Wednesday night. So there's going to be a day our faith is going to become our sight. All of this that we hope for and we preached on is going to become a reality. Man, I'm ready for it. Altars are going to be open. 
Invitations open. If you need to be saved, come now. Let's all stand very quiet, very reverent. These altars are open. Whatever you need to do, you do business with the Lord today. You need to join this church. You do that. As she plays, every head is bowed, every eye.